it is. Aries and Andy, you and the jerk. You know it's time to get this work. The real raw, gutter, uncut cocaine. No political corrections. Always sleep. Fuck being awoke. We discuss politics and jokes. We lick. There's levels to this shit. Before you were sucking on your mama's tits. Airy Spears don't give a fuck. We talk about race a lot. Racism. Sexism. Much love to my loyal bitch bag holders. Rollers, clip loaders. We got them in the folders. The whole world on our shoulders. Spears and Steinberg. Yeah! Run up and get touched up. Suicide. <laughs> and all of y'all know my style. If y'all would have, well, you know, if you guys would have, uh, we sent some extra bonus footage. Uh, well, first of all, before we get into all of that, uh, two big shout outs. Uh, number one, big shout out to my boy Godfrey for last week's podcast. Uh, rave reviews, you know, uh, people really, really, really dug it. Uh, you know, hit us up, hit me up all throughout YouTube and my Instagram posts. Uh, and they really dug not just, obviously, uh, the impressions, the killer impressions between him doing Statham and me doing Tony and his Harvey, my Mooney, and the dueling Cosbys. Uh, they really loved the education of it. Uh, and it really felt like class was in session with Professor Godfrey. Um certainly said a lot of shit that I didn't know uh and I was I was appreciative to uh to be schooled on uh and then you know the banter and it, it was a flow man it felt like we was playing pickup ball somewhere in Venice Beach and everything was just flowing so thank you uh brother Godfrey and I can't wait till we have him on again uh you know obviously his schedule is crazy but uh hopefully we could dance to dance again like we do with Kyla a lot so much love and much shout out to Godfrey. Um, Who's the second shout out? Right there. Yeah, okay. Stephen Daniels. Stephen Daniels. This gentleman yeah. uh, that, uh, is a friend with my friend Tim, who's been on the podcast before. And he hooked us up. He sent us over some wings from this place. Uh, it's uh, Lenova, and it's in West Ferry, Buffalo, and Main Street in Amherst. Uh, dude, those wings. Yeah, listen, man. We I've been to Buffalo... Uh, what feels like a gazillion times, and I've never, well, one time, and I think that was probably the last time we were here pre-COVID, we had uh, wings from a place called Butter Bank, of all places. Um, and I can't really even remember how, how good they were or weren't. And then since being here this time, uh, post-COVID, uh, we, had, we, we went to a place across the street from our hotel, uh, and the wings there were good, uh, but they were like steroid wings. They, they, were, they were real jumbo. It looked like it had a plate of midgets. Um, and now we got Lenova, the official wing spot. Uh, they, 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 they sponsor the Buffalo Bills. So I'm saying all that to say, look, when you're in Philly, got to have a cheesesteak. When you're in New York, got to have a New York slice. When you're in Buffalo, you got to have Buffalo wings. And, and now I want to say, even though we did have Bada Bang in this other place, we've now had the official, official spot. And they were banging, man. Uh. Yeah, I can't say enough. If you uh, get a chance, check out our Patreon. We just had a, a we we talked about them. We, we unfortunately you get to watch us eat some wings on there, but you could hear the crunch of these wings. It, it, the lemon pepper is uh, 
Delicious. Um, what else do we got? Uh, and, you know, we're here in Buffalo. Uh, I don't want to jinx them because there's four minutes and 50 seconds, but uh, Buffalo is up 35 to 23. A team that deserve, I think deserved a win after everything that's happened here since the beginning of, uh, well, since Christmas. So uh, good for Buffalo. Yeah, and I know this city will be beside itself if they get to the Super Bowl because uh, Buffalo just feels like one of those, you know, when you talk about big football teams, you know, of course you would talk about the, the Patriots because of Brady uh, prior to his departure. You know, you talk about Green Bay, you know, uh, some of the big teams. Uh, and, you know, I'm not a football guy because I, I, I should be able to reel off a bunch of them, but I don't, I don't, I'm not a football dude. But I don't know if Buffalo's ever been known as a team like that. They went to four straight Super Bowls. Did they win any? No, they went exactly. to four. Exactly. But they went to four. Exactly. I pulled the panties down, but I didn't fuck. Doesn't count. Uh, but they went to four in a row. Okay. Uh, is, most people don't go back. I think that's worse than not than not winning. I'm not. That's being the bridesmaid. Yeah. So you know, I'm not gonna. I'm. I, I, I'm just. But it, it's remarkable that they were able to get to four, uh, which is a feat within itself. I'm. I'm. I'm not. Yeah. You want the win, but that there's something remarkable about going four straight. No, most people don't go back to back to the Super Bowl. Right. They, they went back to back to back to back. Yes, this sounds like the Jordan-LeBron debate. Yeah, he's gone a gazillion times, but MJ's 6-0. Yeah, but it is it is what it is. It's still remarkable. It's a small market. You know, it's a small market team. And, right. and they, they, they did a good job at that period of time. This is how much I really, again, don't know about football. Uh, my biggest knowledge of the Bills was because, didn't OJ play for him? Yeah. Yeah, that's what I knew about the Bills. The once upon a time ago. OJ was, you know, the man. I, I never seen that out here though. I don't see OJ. Is there OJ statues or anything like that? No, no. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's just this a statue with a bronze knife. Um, it was a football, and then they just, they replaced they just it with, with a knife. knife. Right, hilarious. <laughs> um, so there that is. So folks, if you ever get down to Buffalo, man, once again, it's called Lenova uh, Official Tissue, baby. Official tissue. If you're not out here, look them up online, Lenovo.com. We didn't get paid anything extra, but like I said. We got paid in wings. We got paid in wings. Free wings. Uh, Steven, was, uh, like I said, uh, Tim, it's his friend. He, We invited him to the show, and he rewarded us, uh, unnecessarily rewarded us with some wings. Well, so they, we they, gave us, they gave us mild, hot barbecue and lemon, lemon pepper. pepper. And that lemon pepper, when you bit into it, you felt like you ate a Dorito chip. You heard the crunch. Yeah. Uh, and then my man said they even got peanut butter and jelly flavor. That's why I'm going to draw the line. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm a traditionalist. Traditionalist. And I believe you don't fuck with the formula. Uh, and, and I just can't imagine a peanut butter and jelly flavored wing. I'd give it a shot. You wouldn't give it a shot? I'd probably give it a shot. I mean, just, just, just a taste. I don't know if I'd bite the wing. I'd probably do a little uh, tongue peck. <laughs> <laughs> but but I don't know, man. That just feels weird to me. Uh, uh, but all their flavor, they, they fry them hard. So all oh, that's of them the stay other thing. crunchy. I, I, they love, all stay I crunchy. love when they flash. I'm, I'm wondering if I'm saying this right. Flash fry? Is well, that a thing? No, flash fry is quick. You, you, these are, they fry them hard. That means okay. they leave them in there. And, gotcha. and, and the oil has to be hot. That's the other thing. If your oil's not hot enough and you put them in and it's a medium oil, it's not going to get that crispy. It has to be super hot. Yeah, I don't like wings where the skin is soggy. Yeah. Even if it's a good wing. I like when you bite into it, there's that crunch. crunch. And even the ones here that are coated, either with the buffalo sauce or the barbecue sauce, right. they stayed crispy. And that is because you have... 
Uh, just side note, no one cares about this shit, but you got to have multiple fr- fryers, fryers that you're not using. Because once you use the fryer, unless you have some amazing fryers to get to heat the temperature back up, you have to use a brand new fryer on your next set. You got to let the other ones get hot again. That means you have to have more space and people aren't willing to do that in most kitchens. And that's why their wings aren't as good as like a professional place like this. And uh, Andy and I will always debate about this, but my my moment was almost spoiled. Because, you know, when the wings came, I, I was like, please let them have some ranch. <laughs> so we opened up every box and every cup. I could tell by the look of it was like, oh, no, this is all blue cheese. So as we're recording the podcast and we're also eating the wings here in the little conference room in the lobby, I said, let me go to the front desk and see if they got some ranch. And I'm like, what are the chances? I think I have some ranch dressing. So I asked them and the chicks and the dude said, let me look in the kitchen or look in the back. Or, and I'm sure they got a little fridge or whatever back there. And they brought me out two packets of ranch. So I was saved. And you, and you know why there wasn't any ranch? Because you're not supposed to put ranch on wings. That's that's the reason why. I've said it once and I'm going to say it again. If a fart had a taste, it would be blue cheese. Well, I'd eat some farts then because Ugh. blue cheese is delicious. Ugh. It's pungent. It's delicious. I don't like the pungency. You like ranch. You like that. It, that's mayonnaise and, and, and flavors. I didn't even know that. And I hate mayonnaise. He said it's mayonnaise based. It's mayonnaise. A lot of mayonnaise. It's not. I make mine with sour cream if I make a ranch. You can use buttermilk, but most people use a, a, a mayonnaise base, uh, especially restaurants, because it's it's easy to do. Nah. Nah, I'm not, I'm not a mayonnaise guy. I mean, I'll. There's times when I think something calls for a little bit of mayonnaise and all this aioli. Every time you go to a, a, a restaurant, they have this garlic aioli, this aioli, that aioli. That's all. That's a fancy way of saying mayonnaise with some other shit in it. That's all it is. That's what an aioli is. It's Maybe mayonnaise. I'll start eating it if I see it differently. Like everything in America, as far as human beings, is all black people based. So you put in whatever else you want to put in it, but it's all black people based. So you're an aioli? Uh, that just feels like white trickery. <laughs> uh, uh, aioli is what you said. Aioli, it's mayonnaise based, and then they add they add these flavors. They they but the whip, base whip, is mayonnaise. Mayonnaise. The aioli is what? Aioli is may- it's basically mayonnaise. Okay, and well, then did- they just blend it up with some flavors, and then they call it a fancy thing, and then aioli. Like garlic aioli is garlic. Uh, maybe a little olive oil and, and then you put the ma- and the base is mayonnaise and then they whip that up and then they serve it to you and they say that's well, an aioli. We, we, are, we aioli. Yeah, like, I'm telling you, don't, you gotta, this, it, they're trying to fool you. You talk about trickery. They're just feeding you mayonnaise. And I have a feeling that this is a very American white thing. I, I, I think mayonnaise. It, mayonnaise. I, I think it's, I, I think it's to get rid of melon. <sighs> I think, I think if you keep, black folks keep eating that, they're going to get lighter and lighter. Nah, man. I'm serious. Nah, man. Okay. Um, so we, we told you- Stick we was, with blue cheese, black folks. I'm telling you, I think it's a conspiracy. Let me ask this uh, poll question. Uh, black folks, write in and tell me. Uh, also email, by the way, Spears 45 at Hotmail. Are y'all Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? Because I know, like, like, I know Eddie Griffin has made jokes about white folks and mayonnaise. Uh, like, black people don't eat mayonnaise. But I, I know black people eat one of them. I'm sure there's black people that eat mayonnaise, but more are y'all more are black people more Miracle Whip or mayonnaise? My dad, my stepfather, was from Detroit, and I'd say I, I, I'm going with proximity here. Right. My dad's from Detroit, and he was Miracle Whip. I think most black people do Miracle. Whip. It's salad dressing, though. It's not actually. Right. Yeah, the black guy in the corner is saying yes, <laughs> Miracle Whip. Yeah. Yeah. So there it is. Told me to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. 
Um, so we told y'all uh, we was going to watch. What we're going to talk about today is the movie I've never seen that I finally saw. Uh, Spike Lee's Clockers. Uh, and Annie Hall. Uh, Woody Allen, which one do you want to start with? Do uh, you want to go quick first or, or in-depth? Longer. What would be quick? Annie Hall is going to be quick. Yeah, let's do Annie Hall. Because plus that's a good segue into me still talking about blasphemous acts. Uh, at one point in this movie, Annie Hall, and, and listen, man, uh, before I get it, let me say this. How would you, I, I was, I'm asking myself the whole time, I liked the movie. I, I liked it. Did I love it? No. But I always said my favorite romantic comedy of all time is when Harry met Sally. Um, but before I get into that question, let me say, okay. Um, would you describe this as quirky? Is it yeah, quirky? Well, it is quirky because, uh, but, and although it's Woody Allen, who's a writer, director, mm -hmm. he was also a comedian. And the, the, these uh, uh, parts of the movie where they're just going back into his past or he's, you know, he's, he, he's, which talking, I liked, which he's I liked. talking to the camera. Yeah, That's right. his comedic sensibility, being able to narrate and give right. you some comedy and based on the next scene. And that's right. what I think makes the movie. It was also the first comedy to win an Academy Award. Really? The first comedy period? Comedy to win an Academy oh, shit, Award. I didn't know that. So th 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 there's a lot to this movie that makes it what it is. But I think this is very Woody Allen, very New York, which is another way of saying yeah. Jewish, but it is very right. New York. And uh, uh, it's a cool movie, but it is definitely, uh, it it's a flavor. You know what I mean? Definitely. Oh, that's a good word. Flavor. It is mayonnaise. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. It's not mayonnaise, but it's. Uh, it ain't it, aioli. It ain't. It, it, it's. Uh, it is. It's. But it's definitely. Uh, you know. You. You. That's a flavor. Well, and again, speaking of flavors, uh, there's a scene in the movie where they are at, you know, a New York deli. They're eating, and. Uh, Annie Hall, who plays by, who's played by Diane Keaton, orders a pastrami sandwich. The most quirky character in that movie, yes. actually, even over Woody Allen. And she says to the waiter, let me get a pastrami sandwich with mayonnaise and lettuce and tomato. And I loved Woody Allen for no other reason but for this moment. He didn't say a word, but the look said everything. Right. He shot her a look like, you bitch. Let me tell you something, and I'm going to say this officially as a New Yorker and as a food lover and a, a, and as a specifically a pastrami lover. There's three and a half ingredients to the sandwich. Only three things. Three and a half. Three and a half. I'll tell you what the half is. Go ahead. Okay. Well, for me, until you tell me what the half is, there's only three things that belong on a pastrami sandwich and only two things that belong on a fried bologna sandwich. And let me go back a minute. Since we're here in Buffalo, I know a lot of places that don't, there's not a lot of places that serve this, but the one place where we got the wings first before we got the real wings, they had a fried bologna sandwich on their menu. Now, come on, black people. You know we talking to you. You know how we do. That was one of the staples in the black household. Fried bologna sandwich. I ate fried bologna sandwiches. Well, again, you're Larry Bird. Uh, so, <laughs> three things. Pastrami. One, rye bread, no other bread, and three, mustard. That's it. On a fried bologna sandwich, white bread, specifically wonder bread, and yellow mustard. That's it. 
If you know anybody that puts anything on them sandwiches other than what I name, get, get rid of them. Get about your life. They, they, they're satanic. They're <laughs> evil people. That's blasphemy. Okay, do you want the half? That What's goes the half? Pickle on the side. I'm not mad at you. Yeah, I had that. You need that crunch. You need that crunch. You need that little bit of sour. That that's the pickle. See, okay, I thought, yeah, okay. That's why I said a half though, because it's not actually on the sandwich. Okay, the whole black family opened up the front door and was ready to throw you the hell out the cookout, <laughs> but you go and close. And the then door. they went. You know what? Uh, bring me some of them pickles. There you go. Okay. Uh, I, I now we pickles, dill or chips. What do you, what do you mean? Pickles, as far as the pickles. Pickles, it could be anything, but I like the, when I, the, my favorite pastrami sandwich is from Cat's Deli. It's still, it's not as good as it used to be before right. COVID. I, I'm going to be sorry. Cat's, I love you, but the sandwich is a little different uh, since come back from COVID. Maybe because some new people are working there. I don't know, but it's still the best one that I've had. And all that is, is rye bread, not toasted, not fucked with, just rye bread. That's it. Mustard, piled high. And then they send you, and this is my favorite part about it. They send you a pickle tray. And it's different kinds of pickles. And you figure out what pickle you See, want. See, that's white privilege. I've never had anybody with uh, a pickle tray. That's Jewish things. It's Jewish oh, delis. Okay. Kosher delis have pickle trays. Okay. And so you got to One day I'm going to go and eat at a, Jerry, at a Jewish deli. And I'm going to have on the man in black shit. I'm going to have a white shirt with the black jacket and slacks and a little top hat. Now, uh, that, that's a nice look for you. <laughs> but I'm going to wear it to the side, give it some style. Yeah, you look like Mr. Peanut. But listen, here, but here's the, I'm I'm in Hoboken now, which is all Italian delis, right? And I'm gonna I'm gonna say that if you can't, if you're not around rye bread, and and they did this sandwich, I had it, I tried it. I'm gonna tell you this wasn't the worst way I've ever ate a pastrami sandwich. Italian bread roll, okay, hot pastrami, mm-hmm. fresh mutz mozzarella, mozzarella, just a mozzarella with mustard, okay. No pickle. That it had was, cheese on it. It had that cheese, but I'm telling you, this fresh mozzarella, it's it's different than regular. It's not sliced. It just melts in there, and it's gooey. And I'm telling you, it isn't it isn't my way that I would eat pastrami. But in a pinch. You, you, you'd have to twist my arm a little bit. In a pinch, I'm just telling you that it, it, it's a different kind of flavor. Yeah, it is. And, and at, But that true, wholesome, original pastrami flavor. The first. It, Definitely, it, it, cheese gets in the way of that. I'm not disagreeing with you. 100, right. I agree with you. But that's why when you said though, and you said cheese, and then you said that Annie Hall, when she, you said, oh, you said Woody Allen, I said flavor, and you said mayonnaise. Jews don't use mayonnaise because the, that that's it 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 it, it fucks with you because it fucks up your kosher eating because you can't put that beef and that dairy together. Mm. And it's eggs. Most mayonnaise is eggs. Right. And, and then, so now you can't put it with the beef. If you guys ever find yourselves in L.A., Jerry's Deli makes it. And here's the crazy part. Now, I'm talking all this shit about pastrami and being a New Yorker. I've never had a pastrami sandwich out of New York. The pastrami sandwiches I've had has been out of L.A. We're going to Cats next time you come out. Please. But I'm telling you, Jerry's Deli makes one of the best pastrami sandwiches I've ever had. But you know where they're had. from, right? Who? Jerry's Deli people with the put it together. They came from New York. Yeah, from New York. See, I knew it. Well, then yeah. I had it. Okay. I, I had it. But you didn't have it in New York. You got to have it in and New York. I got to have we'll, it. We'll go to Cats. I got to have it where I eat. Because we got to get you, we got to get you that, a that, rat that pickle. Across the street. We got to get you that pickle tray. Yes. Um, and I got to be specific on this. On the on the pastrami sandwich, uh, when I say mustard, uh, deli mustard. 
that brown mustard on a bologna sandwich, yellow mustard. I, I do yellow on the regular pastrami too. Do you? Yeah, I like the vinegar taste in there, man. Yeah, no, I like that. I like the deli the mustard. The brown, deli mustard, there's nothing wrong with it, but I mean, I don't mind the right. yellow mustard. Okay. Uh, now, let me go back to uh, the movie itself. Um, how'd you, do, how'd you feel about it? You like this movie? I like the movie. It's a quirky movie though. It's a quirky and does it stand up? It, it does kind of stand up, but it also, there's, you know, it, the, you know, it's a different time period. Right. Um, and women are, uh, expected to be, uh, well, let me rephrase that. I, women's expectations are different. They're not in the Annie Hall days where she was coming from, a, a place where she was trying to fit in. She right. women are in this workforce. They're in this more uh, what she was doing. I felt like I could feel that time. Yeah, you do feel it because right. women aren't in that same place. It's it's more the a, a woman like Annie Hall would be more common, not uncommon today. Right. So that that's part of it. Um New York is different. I, and I'm gonna be honest, uh I miss that New York. Always. That's the real that's New Always. York when New York was what we how we how we picture it in our heads. I'm walking here. I'm walking here. Um, where would you put this? And I've said this on the podcast. I love romantic comedies, uh, especially when you're with someone who, uh, you know, you're both into the romance thing. But uh, New York has such a, a flavor and an energy that no other place has. And I notice a lot of the best romantic comedies come out of big major cities, primarily New York, because you got Boomerang with Eddie Murphy, New York. You got uh, Annie Hall, New York. You got uh, uh, When Harry Met Sally, New York. Um, Partially New York. What do you mean? Well, because it takes place all over the country. Harry Met Sally? Yeah, because they start off in college and they drive out to Yeah, but that's, that, that's, it's New York. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and with the exception of- uh, uh, Sleepless in Seattle. Sleepless in Seattle, but Seattle was a very, to me, always felt like a, I understand that backdrop because it, it, there's a, a, a sexiness to Seattle, especially when it rains. Uh, and of course, one of my all-time favorite comedy, romantic comedies, which takes place in Chicago, um, The Breakup. Okay. But, but New York is such a great backdrop. At one point, they even showed where, of course, uh, he and Annie Hall, towards the night, it wasn't completely dark yet, but the sun had set. Uh, you know, kissing with the Brooklyn Bridge in the background. So it's just it's just always been a, a great backdrop. But in terms of a straight romantic comedy, w would you put it up there in like, let's say, your top five? Yeah. Yeah, and also, like, because what you're mentioning about New York, Woody Allen, and, and a lot of people do, but Woody Allen makes New York an uncredited character in the movie. Yes. So... Uh, it's very important. Those shots that Woody Allen gets, it's because he walks, he had walked he, all over the city. He sees New York in in a different way. Right. And that's part of what this movie brings out. And I'm a fan of New, of New York, especially that time period. So yes, it, it's definitely in my top. One of my favorites, actually, because you've already brought up uh, your favorite movie. Harry Bet Sally, the best ever. And the reason I, I don't put it up there at the same place as Annie Hall is because it's a traditional story. It's a traditional romantic comedy that wins and people like stories that win. But did it win? Yeah, because he got the girl. No, towards the end, they're friends. And and that last scene where he kisses her and they kiss each other on the cheek and she walks away, yeah. they're friends. He didn't really get her. 
but he found love. He found, he realized what love was. He was a person who was never able to love. So there's a win. Well, maybe, well you, that actually and, brings me to the joke he made at the end of the movie where he goes, uh, and I got, I got to do, it's a quick joke, but it, to give you the context, he goes, uh, a guy goes to see a psychiatrist and he says, uh, I think my brother, there's something wrong with my brother because he thinks he's a chicken. And the psychiatrist says to him, well, why don't you, you know, turn him in? He goes, I would, but I need the eggs. And Woody, Woody Allen goes, that's kind of what he feels about love. It's like we, go, we put ourselves through the rigors of love and all the ups and downs and trials and tribulations because we need the eggs. And I, the only thing that confused me was I'm going, is he talking about sex or love? And he says we need the eggs. Oh, he's talking about love. I was, I'm, I'm yeah. thinking he is because sex you can get, I don't want to say easy, but you know, that's a dime a dozen. It's hard love to find love. Is, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, no, but he. It, the idea is that he found love, though. He when he ran over when Billy when Billy Crystal runs over to him and goes, uh, when you uh, when you Billy Crystal mean Woody Allen? No, no, I'm talking about Billy Crystal. I'm talking about why you like. Um, oh, so when you said the win, you were talking you about Harry and Sally. Yeah. Oh yeah, I thought you were talking about Annie no, Hall. No, 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 no. Because I was going in Annie Hall. They're friends. They no, walk away. No, they they oh. they get together because Billy Crystal says yes. The line is uh, when you when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. And that's tradition. That movie, that, that line, that moment is that's so pimp. That's a traditional idea that it at the end everybody it gets out. it works out. Annie Hall, it doesn't work out. He fell. He it doesn't. You don't come together. It isn't my favorite. My favorite. I I, I got to look it up because I forgot. The Why name are you looking it. it up? But do you really think that's true? You you, you think more people succeed than fail? I think more people fail. I think more people fail. That's why I think it's uh, okay. it's more honest. Annie Hall's more honest. I right. think we fail. We we two people, especially when it's star crossed, when we're not we we don't see each other and get together right away. That's work. It doesn't always happen that way. It almost never. We almost never make that work out because people have to compromise to make love work. Who wants to compromise? Two people. Have, you compromise until you get tired of compromising. Well, two people have to compromise at the same time to be able compromise. to I like, compromise. That's a new one. Yeah, that's a new word. I, I, I wrote that one myself. Uh, I'm going to find this other movie that I think is the it is my favorite. I got to look it up, though. Romantic comedy? Yeah, William Hurt. William Hurt. Yeah, Who else is in it? Uh, I can't. Broadcast News. I think I saw that once upon a time ago. Uh, that movie also has, um, yeah, I'm going to tell you who's in it. And you guys. The, the dude that used to do comedy. Uh, Albert Brooks. Yep. Uh, this movie is, is, is. I got to watch that. That's the most honest how how I believe love really works out. And it doesn't. Love, I, I have, uh, love is the toughest thing. It's easy to fall in love. It's hard to stay in love. I agree with you on the second part, but I also disagree with you on the first part. I don't think it's easy to find love. To fall in love. To fall in love. I don't know. It's that easy because it's it's emotional, and I think people do it without the brain. To really be in love, you have to have your brain in it and your heart. Our emotional, like our our like our desires, fall in love easy. We see somebody, uh, we imagine what it could be. And they hard, and we hardly ever live up to the a love affair. Very rarely lives up to the imagination. When you get a lot of pussy, you you know how to be able to control your desires versus your heart. Yeah, but then your heart doesn't. Then your brain doesn't involve itself because if you get it all the time, you're not looking for 
anything but getting it. Yeah, but I think the key is don't. You're not supposed to be looking for it. When 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 it happens, it happens. You don't know when it's going to happen, how it's going to happen, with whom it's going to happen. It hits you like a car you don't see coming. But when you get your physical desires met all the time, you could miss that you're actually looking at someone that is that person. Nah, because- not for me. I, I listen. The three loves that I've had in my life. You know, when it clicked, it clicked. It fucking clicked. Uh, there have been girls who I've met fine as fuck. And I've went, I, don't, I definitely want to fuck her. But uh, I can tell there's no real future. And versus the girls who I didn't plan on, when it happened, I just went, holy shit, this is happening. Well, then you're aware. But it's hard to make all that happen. And the movies want it to be beautiful and it comes to this and a lot right. of times it's struggle and it, it's strain and it's not this award-winning moment where one guy clicks and then everything comes together i mean he had a click uh billy crystal and they seem, oh, billy crystal you talking about billy crystal yeah his character Ryan. had a click to click in and then he goes oh i just want to figure out you want to spend the rest of your life with someone you want to spend is you want right now to start it had started for her already so the fact that she was still there or wanted to be there is is another is well, another well, part what of I it. liked in the beginning of Harry Met Sally is it didn't click no, immediately because they weren't supposed to be together. These two and Annie Hall seemed like they were made for each other in terms of that neuroses yeah. and you know and that you know I gotta say look man uh, women can be turned on by many different things obviously physical in the visual is one thing but I'm going dude Woody Allen it has to be his intellect because. What an awkward, nerdy-looking... And you, the neuroses and you, you, you're driving too fast in New York. You know, all that quirky shit. <laughs> oh, my God. You know, but, in, in the physical matter, in, in, in your brain. You know, I'm like, what the... F- Dude, you're doing, like, a cross between Mike Tyson and Woody Allen. <laughs> I, I, don't do a, I, don't, I don't do a great Woody Allen, no, so I'm trying, know, to, I'm trying to imitate what I saw. I know, but when you did that right now, I heard both of those guys, and I was like, in that same character, I go, that would be a very difficult person to fucking fight right there. <laughs> yeah, because you get knocked out by a dude who sounds like that. Knock you out, he's standing over you. I, I didn't mean to hurt you, but my, my neurosis <laughs> kicked in, and I threw a couple of hard jabs and moved your liver. <laughs> um, and then, yeah. The press conference... Champ, what, what do you what do you what do you hope to do in a fight? Well, I I, I really hope that I I, I don't want to hurt the guy, but I, I want to be victorious. <laughs> so when I throw my punches, they're not really bad intentions, but they have to stop so I don't get hurt. And then who knows if he dies? Well, it's part of it. <laughs> I don't. <it's, laughs> that's, that's hysterical. That's, that is that is a boxer with neuroses. Yeah, yeah, right. Um. Yeah, but that's why I like Annie Hall. I like that it, I, I, as you know, in my particular comedy style, I like darker humor. And my movies, I like them to be, even in comedy, I like them to be realistic. And I I don't believe the guy and the girl always get each other at the end. I don't believe that. Yeah, I mean, listen, I I respected the the honesty of it. Uh, So I wasn't mad at it. Uh, and then I thought it was very interesting, some of the creative choices he made, whether it was, you know, when he's talking about his family, he's actually in the room with his younger self and his family. Yeah. Uh, when he, when it, when Diane Keaton, when they were trying to have sex, she wanted to smoke the joint and he didn't want her to. And she had the out-of-body experience. Um, him talking to random people in the street when she got in the car to leave. And then they cut to a fucking cartoon. Um 
and the, the the best part to me in terms of that, you know, creative choices was uh, when he and Annie are on the balcony of her apartment. And as they're talking, we see the subtitles of what they're thinking. So even though they're engaging in a back and forth dialogue, the subtitles are telling you what there's two different things going on at once. Right. And I just thought that's the truth. Well, We've all done that. And the other part that I like to really, really enjoy about the movie is, is the very beginning he sets up his character as the kid who is questioning why we'd go through this because the world, everything's going to end anyway. So what's the purpose? Right. And that kind of, that is the, the, the subconscious of the movie the whole time. What is the purpose of all this? Why do we go through this when we know in the end, uh, we're, we're, none of us are making it. Right. And so it's very interesting. I, I think his, I, I think his perspective is very interesting. I've always enjoyed uh, Woody at, at his best when he's doing these kind of movies because I I don't want to say I I, I I feel the character in myself, but I understand the character I, within I, no, myself. I, I could see in terms of who and what he does where you can relate. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and doing a young, I didn't even know until, I, until the scene came up, a young Christopher Walken is in this. And I just went, at what point did Christopher Walkie get Christopher Wannicky? Wallicky. <laughs> Walkity. When did he turn it? Because he clearly wasn't that in this. What, what was the movie where you went, all right, now he's Christopher Walkity? When did that happen? I don't know, but we should we should come up with a game uh, that we do on uh, or that we do on this podcast where right. we find out where everybody made that the turn. turn. The turn. Pacino with the yelling. Yeah. You know, Denzel with the stroke lips. Uh, you know. I like that little raise of the head. The with whole. Denzel? Yeah. All right, Jake. That's what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. When did the stroke mouth uh, walk in? Yeah. Like, when did they make that turn? I don't know. But in Pulp Fiction, I think it's at its best. Right. With him. Yeah, with the good putting the, the watch up my ass for the for my whole time. That's, right. That scene, that scene, and not to break and to do that, that's a that's a that's a piece of work. I there's there's, there's such good work. Uh Pacino in in uh, any given Sunday is is another one where he's just rambles on yeah, with that. Yeah. And I think that's underrated that 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 performance. That performance. Because I almost get uh like it's almost a college coach though. Okay. That's that, that's like that that right. character, you know, that that's has that. Right. But I I, I don't know. I I I, li- I like when they become these the characters of themselves. Yeah, and I've always said when you when you when you've been doing it for 30, 40 years, you got to eventually just I don't want to say lazy, but you get so comfortable that you fall into something cuz you've just done everything else. Like you've done every angle, every take, every different metamorphosis. You you got to get lazy after thirty years ago. <sighs> Is it lazy, or are they just so that's comfortable with being themselves okay. that that's how it comes that's out? That's why I didn't really want to say lazy because yeah. that's that's uh, almost uh, shitting on who they are as 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 thespians and iconic performers because no one wants to just you know mail it in, but. Yeah, maybe that's what it is. So, Comfortable. So one out of ten, what do you give? Uh, Annie Hall? Yeah. Uh, well, I certainly would give Harry Met Sally a ten. So this, to me, would be... God, I, respectfully, a five and a half. That's it, man. I give it an eight, eight and a half. Yeah. I, I love the movie. 
I like the time. I like New York in it. Right. I think it's something that just every like if you're a comedy fan, I'm not. It doesn't mean you're going to like this movie, but right. if you're a comedy fan and you like New York, you should definitely check out the movie. Yes, I'm a comedy fan, which which is why I appreciated those certain creative comedic choices because I wasn't expecting it. So when he did it, the times he broke the fourth wall, you know, when he did it, I was like, okay, it was interesting to me. Yeah. And so, yeah, I, 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 that's where I put it, but, um, it's, it's very much, I think it's, I think it's very worthwhile, but I, I, you know, that, that this isn't a movie I have a whole lot on. It's just that I I like the movie. I like the story and I like that it ends with our own problems and we don't always win. Don't mean to cut you off, man, but we have to take a break. It's nothing personal. It's just business. Um, now, Clockers, and you said you saw that recently. I mean, you've seen it before. But yeah, I saw it before, but I had to watch it because I hadn't seen it in so yeah, long. Yeah, I uh, watched it on the plane over. I almost didn't get past the opening credits. Why? Uh, the bullet holes and the blood and a bunch of brothers laid out on the asphalt with gunshot wounds all in their body, and it was so graphically shown. I'm just like, you know, damn word like yeah you know me i, I yeah know. i know that's not sure so, so but once i got past the, the the blood and guts um what do you i think the opening scene is completely unnecessary for the movie really yeah because there's more focus on the blood and guts in the opening scene than there are in the movie actually right and so like you just said it, it kind of gives you uh, a, a peep into the movie that doesn't actually happen it happens, but it, I mean, it's not the central part right. of the movie where it makes you feel like you're going to be in, right. a, in, in, in a, a John Wick kind of uh, situation. Yeah, I'm surprised to hear you say that. I, I, I kind of felt you was going to say the, the opposite. Like, it, it sets up. It sets it up, but does it overly set it up? Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's needed at all. No. You I, know? I, 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 I really realized something, and, and I'm glad that I rewatched this later. Right. Because I remember liking it when I saw it. I like the people that are in it. It's oh, awesome. It's, yeah, cast is ridiculous. But it, it's... Spike Lee has an aesthetic. And I don't necessarily agree that his aesthetic... You know, when you know that it was supposed to be... Who was supposed to be the original director of this? Scorsese? He executive produced it. Yeah, and he was supposed to be the director. I didn't know that. But he couldn't do it. And you know who was going to play the character that... Uh, uh, Robert De Niro. Yeah. Robert De Niro was. Supposed, I, I was being funny. No, it was supposed to. He's going to play Del Rey Lindo's character. No, no, no. He was going to play. Uh, I'm smart. I'm, I'm smart. Uh, who's? Oh, uh, Harvey Keitel's he's character. Supposed to play, and the, the film was supposed to be through the eyes of of Keitel, not through. Wait. Yes. Mm. So that's that's the big change. And so I, I so he did it. Uh, you know, Spike took it a different way. Took it from the gangster point of view, which I thought was good. Mm. But Spike's backgrounds and. Like I said, watching it later when I have more opinion right. or like, uh, you know, it's it aged. It's too nice. You yeah, know, well, you know, here I was going to ask you this question. So let me ask it. And I think you're even starting to answer it. What do you think of Spike? Is, is Spike Lee up there with Scorsese, the Palmer? Uh, I want to say Spielberg. but Spielberg doesn't really get gritty. But I'm, yeah, I say he's with Spielberg. Spike Lee? In his look, his aesthetic, how his movies. Remember when I told you about when we were talking about the color purple and I'm saying it's like a pretty picture in the background that he paints. You know, and again, it's also following what your aesthetic works for. I mean, Scorsese works good for gangster films. Perfectly. Right. 
do you think anyone else in the world could have done uh, She's Gotta Have It besides Spike Lee? No. Because or he, school days. It, because it works. His look, his way that he films, the way that he shows Brooklyn, the way that he does the things that he does works for those movies. Spike does certain things that are starting to annoy me. Uh, you know, he did it in, I want to say this movie is called oh, the one with Denzel and Jodie Foster where the guy, Clive Owens. Oh, yeah, yeah. I love that movie, though. I love I that I want to say 25th Hour, but I think I'm confusing no, that no, with another movie. No, no, it's not movie. that. It's, uh, go go on. I'll, I'll look it up because I love that movie. If you find it, shout it out. It, yeah. It's 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 with uh, Chiwetel OG4, uh, Chitlin's Emoji4, uh, Denzel, Jodie Foster, Clive, Clive Owen. Owen. But whether it's that scene wherever there's an interrogation, Inside, Inside Man. Man. Great movie. Whether it's that scene with, with, with the interrogation or this movie, Clockers, with the interrogation, that lighting is so distracting to me. And I, that fucking where the whites are really bright, it's not blurry, but it's so bright. But I thought looks, it worked well in Inside Man. I thought that I don't like well. that look at all. Because it's it, distracting. Yeah, but that's how the characters feel. It's giving you how the characters are feeling. Ah. And the other Spike Lee thing he does, he did it in Malcolm X and he did it in Black Klansman. The move? Yeah, where you stand and still, but you moving forward. But who? But you know who that is? Who? Um, Melvin, uh, Melvin Ben, ben Peoples. That, yeah, he, oh, he got that he, from him? That's his, he had that originally. Okay. But that's his, that's his signature look. All right. I, okay. But I'm just sometimes- That's Spike's signature like, look just now. Just tell the story. Uh, because when you start doing that, you take me away from the story. I, I I don't think that his visual matched Clocker's visual, the backgrounds, the the right. lighting, the feel of the. Right. There was no heaviness, no no intensity in those scenes. Like right. the the background doesn't lend itself to that. I I just didn't. I I that's the difference between a Scorsese doing that kind of movie where you feel the grittiness and the. That you know what? The grittiness was in the opening scene that didn't happen in the movie. You talk about all the blood. No, no, yeah, yeah. It, it's not in it. It's not in it. It, it, it. And that darker, grainy kind of shot. Right. There's nothing in, in this that makes it is. And, and, you know, maybe that's maybe that spikes aesthetic where he's saying, you know, this is our life and this is just our day. This is how it looks. And maybe that's the, the image he's going for. But I'm not getting I'm not getting to the to the. To the dirty part of what you know this drug dealer is you know i never feel i never am angry at delroy lindo he's a piece of shit in this he, he, he okay but i'm never mad at you know he didn't they didn't bring me to that intensity where this guy is using all these kids and doing all these he I, I, it was just he was just a dude doing his job and maybe that's what he's trying to say in it but I didn't... You, two, two parts for me. One with the Del Rolando, but I want to go back to what you just said. When you use the word gritty, like when I watch Goodfellas and I watch Casino, I feel the gritty without any distractions. distractions. And yes, like Denzel said, when you have a Martin Scorsese in a mob movie or anything culturally based with Italians, yeah, that's, that's his thing. That's his culture. So who better to do that than him. But other than the fact that, you know, when you see the credits, it says directed by Martin Scorsese. There's nothing about it that makes you go, this is a Scorsese film. Whereas with Spike, you once you see the lighting and the move, you go, oh, it's a Spike Lee movie. 
Now, I know it's a Spike Lee movie going in, but while you're supposed to, I'm supposed to be immersed in this story, in this moment, that takes me out of it. Scorsese, yes, he's Italian. Yes, it's his culture. So, yes, he should be doing these movies and doing it the way an Italian eye could see it and feel it. But once I get past the opening title, directed by Martin Scorsese, I forget about Martin Scorsese. I'm caught up in the world of Goodfellas, the casino. There's nothing distracting me. And the story and the performances are so layered and so good. Why would you want to distract me out of that? Okay. But that being said, again, going back to Spike and what he did in his choices, and this is the question I'm asking myself about seeing it. I don't like that I don't have a real dislike for Delroy Lindo at this point. Oh, I'm glad you brought me back to that. When he, the scene where he, you know, gets pissed off because Makai Pfeiffer tells him to shut the fuck up. Yeah. And he pulls that car over and goes, what did you say to me? And then he, before, and he grabs him with the gun and does all that, puts the gun in his mouth. And and because prior to that, you're hearing Delroy Lindo say to him, you're like a son to me. You're like my son. You know, they, yeah. they have a kinship. Yeah. And if you forget that this is the streets, this is drugs. This is hard shit. This is life and death. This is jail. Delroy Lindo reminded you. Of what that is. Of what that is. But, so you're not my son. I will kill you, nigga. I'm putting a gun in your mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but then... So yeah, I'm just saying, yeah. I would have loved to have seen Delroy do that more. Because up until that moment, he was just this shop owner who was a seemingly nice, caring guy. And I just, you know, for a guy like Delroy Lindo with those kind of acting chops, Give me more of that grit. But again, and this is where I'm saying with Spike Lee that I don't feel that, like you said, with Goodfellas, with Scorsese and these kind of, but maybe that's what uh, what Spike is trying to say. Who is the bad guy in this situation? Are these bad guys or they're doing what their job is? Because that's the only way that I could think of it that they didn't put this in. Because even when we go and you take Goodfellas uh, with, uh, uh, what's, his, what's his character? Now I'm going to Pesci. Pesci. Pesci's a horrible, horrible person. Oh, and he shows it. And he, but he, but Scorsese has the ability to make him likable. But you know he's a bad guy. You know he's a piece of shit. You know that you that he's a, a killer underneath everything else. Right. And he walks through it, and you still like him because he's funny and he yes. But because you have to like him to be able to get through his. And anybody movie. that's three foot six is yeah. likable. So. That being said, though, but he he delivers the 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 information that you need through that. Is is Spike saying that we don't really have a bad guy in this? The the situation's bad. It's not the people. Is that what the point of it is? If it's not that, then he isn't conveying what I need throughout this movie. I love his other. I love Spike Lee movies. I, I'm not knocking Spike Lee as a director. I just don't think that this was his particular aesthetic. Yeah, I, you know. Uh, the cast is fucking awesome, but what everybody's John saying... John Turturro, you, Harvey you, Keitel, Makai Pfeiffer, Delroy Lindo, uh, and, I, and Isaiah Washington, and I got a note about him. But 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 before I get get on him, is, you, want, you want to say something? I just, Delroy Lindo. So, like, he's in a lot of my favorite films, and he's so underrated. I don't understand how I, he... I sometimes feel like he's underused. Underused. That's a better word. Not underrated, yeah. underused. Uh, because obviously, you know, my, one of my favorite films is the one with John Travolta and uh, Delroy Lindo and uh, Get Shorty. Okay, right. Yeah, and he's awesome in that. There, he you see the the the, the tough guy in that character in but a funny movie. But that felt comical, though. Yeah, but he was still knew that he was the bad guy. You still knew that he was... Uh, my, to me, in terms of when you range, 
uh, what's the movie? Crooklyn. And Delroy Lindo is the loving yeah. father who loses his wife and has to be the strong father for his kids. And, and f- so to go from that, to, to be able to do that and then be this drug dealer. And that, again, that's why I like that moment because like you said, in Goodfellas, Pesci was that all the time. Right. And was still likable. Delroy Lindo in this prior to that moment is extremely likable. But so we got the likability factor. Give me more of that other motherfucker. Yeah, you got to see it so that you can, di- you want to distance yourself from that, that character. You want, you want, you want him to lose. You, you kind of want him to lose at some point if you, if you can show more of that. I don't see anybody. That's why, again, I'm saying he doesn't give you, he doesn't define the characters. And I think that there might be a purpose behind that. And for the love of God, Spike Lee, stop putting yourself in every fucking film. You know, I, 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 listen, one of the things I love about Mark, uh, uh, Spielberg, De Palma, Scorsese, and some of the big dogs, they know where their strength is behind the camera. And Spike wants to be famous, man. Spike is famous. I mean, he is, but he wants to be famous. And it feels, sometimes I feel like, do you want to be more famous or do you want to be a director? Well, mainstream, what was his biggest film? Do the Right Thing. Where is he? He's a star. So if that worked for you, why wouldn't you want it to keep working for you? Ah. Ah. It's like if Kermit the Frog was a human. Um, He's a little bit more Jimmy the Cricket. Jimmy Cricket. That's funny. Uh, Isaiah Washington. This is a goddamn shame what's happened to him. You know, cancer culture. Yeah. And I think that had more to do with the powers that be within the industry. Because he dropped the F-bomb. And when you drop the F-bomb, and the industry is run by a lot of F-bombs. It wasn't that he dropped the F-bomb. It's that he doubled down and tripled down on well, the fact that When you're did. a black person, you don't triple on nothing. <laughs> you don't double and you don't triple. Your black is enough <laughs> to get you buried. So, you know, that that's part of that's it. A, that's, a, that's a how dare you nigga. Yeah, but he plays a great character in that. That character. He's been a Isaiah Washington prior to uh, doing what he did that got him wiped off the map in Hollywood was one of the best actors in the game. Isaiah Washington, man, true crime, still one of my favorite movies directed by Clint Eastwood. He was in a ton of things and then he did what he did and it was adios. Um, Great scene in there though. Who plays the mom? Oh, I don't know. Because she when was, she right. comes in there and she says, "My boy told you he did it." He that right. scene right there. Right. She she steals a moment in that yeah. scene, in that in there because she really delivered that. Yeah, in, in a way that was just she's in the movie. She doesn't have very many lines, but she did a great job with her scene. Yeah, uh, and I love John Turturro, man. He's always great, man. John is fucking solid, man. Um, the you know in the, in the, in the early part of the movie when the cops you know come into the projects and. Uh, fuck with Makai and his crew. Uh, obviously, I know it's illegal, but damn, like, motherfucker, just strip search you in the public like that? I know white cops could get, get, get away with a lot of shit, but damn. I'm like, it is. Now, is, I wasn't in New York at that time, so I don't know if that was real, but I, I, people have told me that's real. Really? Yeah. Damn. Because there was stop and frisk at that time. But obviously, illegally done to that level. Stop and frisk. I don't know. I don't know where the frisk ends. Does the frisk end <laughs> <laughs> uh, under the pants, over the pants, in, in the body? I don't know. Right. So uh, 
if that's the case, it's a good thing they got rid of that stop and frisk for right. for a reason. But uh, yeah, that that was uh, that scene. Uh, that's the scene that kind of gets you going. Like he honestly, he feels like more of the bad guy than Mackay. Uh, no, no, uh, John Turturro when he's doing when he when they're stopping and frisking him. But he didn't do it. He he himself did, wasn't even in no, that scene. No, but it's the uh, the other cops that are uh, right. Yeah, they seem like all the bad guys. There's no. Um, I, I again, I just don't feel any character was given the the heavy in it. I thought it was a great creative choice when Kaitel was breaking down the little kid having shot the dude, and he of course looked into camera. He played it open. He broke the fourth wall. Uh, he explained how you know. It's, it's almost like Spike Lee put the words in this white guy's mouth to explain why these black people are in the situation they're in and why they're, do, why they're doing what they're doing, which I thought was uh, unique. Uh, yeah, because I like how he goes, okay, you, you understand? And then he said, we're going to turn on the recording this and you're going to tell me exactly what you just said. Right. And he, the kid hadn't really spoke the whole time. Right, right. You're going to tell me exactly what you just said. Uh, that was very... Uh, 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 that had like that had impact. Mm-hmm. Again, that's why I'm wondering: Did he? Is Spike's choice not to make anyone the bad guy and make the situation the bad thing? Well, I'll tell you this: Up until this moment, Harvey Keitel to me was becoming very likable, and it's like when uh, when Keith David says to him about the little kid, "Hey, man, you know, don't fuck up this kid's life." You know, uh, basically do me a solid and talk him through what he needs to say. Yeah. And he did that. Uh, When he knew that Isaiah Washington wasn't, he had a gut that he wasn't the real shooter. He was trying to play it by the book and play it the right way to let an innocent man go. So up until this moment, you kind of like Harvey Keitel. But then there's the moment where He's finally had it with Makai Pfeiffer and he's frustrated with him. And outside the police station, he calls him a nigger. I forget the exact way he said it, but he was like, something, 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 you nigger. And I, and that's one of those moments where you just go, you see, just when you start to think you could like this white guy, you go and do some white guy shit. And you're a cop, which means we should kind of expect it. But you were looking out for the black kid you're kind of looking out for this black guy who you believe is innocent, but then your internal whiteness took over and you had to call the man a nigga. Okay, but here's my problem with that scene. Did it feel contrived? Did you feel that that was in the flow of the context of this Harvey Cartel character? Because the reason I'm saying that is when I heard him say that throughout this whole movie and you say you like him, he seems like he really understood the streets and what was going on in the streets. That's why he was protecting the kid at the end. Right. That's why he didn't want the one guy to go to jail. But he is kind of an asshole because he also wants, he believes it's Mackay Pfeiffer and he's going to put this on Mackay Pfeiffer no matter what. And that's kind of some of the problems with this with him. But then he gets to that one point and the way even, and Harvey Keitel can deliver any kind of line. Harvey Keitel is a great actor. We're one of the best. And he can deliver a line. Right. It didn't feel like that character when I heard, when it heard it. I, it I, to me, I, I, I wouldn't even put it on a character thing. I think there is an internal button that if you dig deep enough and you push hard enough with certain white people, it, it, 
it does what it does. Because that felt, that, that's why I'm saying it didn't feel contrived because it felt like to me the same energy with Danny Aiello's character and do the right okay, thing. I'll give you that. You, you have him going, hey man, when, it's, when John Turturro, his son goes, why, why don't we leave here and open up our own pizza shop in our own neighborhood? And he goes, these kids grew up on my pizza. He felt, in that moment, it was almost like- They're his I, kids. They're his kids. I've watched them grow. They've seen me grow. He was halfway flirting with Spike Lee's sister. And so as long as everything's okay, yay. But the moment shit got crazy with bugging out and they started fucking up his shop, you niggas. So that's always been there. But the button wasn't pushed. So that's why when you go, was that contrived? Nah. That's, that to me is a lot of white people. It just, you know, when he delivered the line though, I'm just going to say this. When he delivered Danny Aiello or Harvey Keitel? Harvey Keitel. Right. It felt like hearing, um, fuck, what, now I'm going to forget his name, a Pulp Fiction director, writer. Uh, oh, uh, Quentin Tarantino. It felt like when Quentin Tarantino says it. It felt like over the top. Contrived, it felt, it right. contrived a little bit. Because you would think in the way that Harvey Keitel acts that it would have felt, it would have flown like... I just wanted it to, if he was going to say that I right. wanted I wanted to feel that that button got pushed necessary, that and that button got not pushed necessary but yeah but necessary to his character right. that button got pushed and that's the way I see you motherfucker and it didn't feel that same way I'm sorry that's just the way I took right. it now I'm not trying to tell you anything I'm obviously the white guy on this thing but it didn't feel like he came across with that that kind of energy right and then I was asking myself so you want this dude to help you and you think that helps you? You want Makai, you keep the whole time, you keep fucking with Makai, driving to the projects, pulling him aside, giving him yep. your card, because you want him to help you free his brother. But then you get mad and you call him that, and that's supposed to help you. You're a cop. You should know how to work a person to solve the case or to get what you want. And you think that's supposed to help you now? Now, that's the part where I can see, because he is, God, I'm not, I'm not fucking with the police on this. I think the police verbally take liberties. And so then I did see, I could see that Harvey Cartel could say that in that same way. Because the police are that, that you know, when they want to push a button, when they want to get to you, when they want to, that, that's an easy way to do it. Yeah. I don't know. But at that point, I'm going, I don't, that didn't feel like he was pushing a button. It felt like he had his button pushed. pushed. You're right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I'll, I'll go with you on that too. Yeah. Uh, I just, but I, I see cops. I see cops do what I've seen cops in situations, but they do whatever they can to get the, to get someone to do what they want to do. But your question is Val, how, how does that get him to do what do you want him to do? Right. I don't know. I, I thought this movie just, it didn't, all the pieces, I, everybody hit me up. This is one of the best movies. This is one of the, Dude, there's pieces missing from this to make it yeah, work. I, look, on a scale of, or as I say, how many yo's do I give it? Uh, I give it three out of five yo's. You know? I, I, I'm going to rate it a little differently. Out of Spike Lee's movies, right. a one to five. Right. Out of Spike Lee's movies, just his qualifications. On a rating of one to five? Of his movies. Okay. It's, it's a two. Wow. I think he's done better in a lot of other movies. Right. Than, than, than this movie. In his genre, in his, man, I'm going to tell you, because even out of his genre, if you take, if you don't make uh, The Inside Man his genre and you just make it a movie, but he killed that movie. 
There's no, there's no detail missing from that movie. Yeah, I'll say this. If I had to name my top five Spike Lee movies, I could name them and they're Do the Right Thing, School Days, uh, She's Gotta Have It, Jungle Fever, and uh, I just had it on the tip of my tongue. I said Mo' Better Blues. No, you didn't say that. And Mo' Better Blues. Of course, because your dude's in it. <laughs> but even if I had to go six, seven, eight, clockers ain't there. So that's why I'm saying I'm giving right, it to you right. on his. But uh, by the way, since you brought that up uh, on Jungle Fever, yeah, the 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 the, the shot where he pulls, uh, where he's pulling. Uh, you know that that scene that he likes to do, where the guy's not with him and him and Spike Lee. Yeah, uh, yeah, Wesley and Spike Lee. Yeah. And they're both. Yeah, that works in that one really, really well. That 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 move. There's times when he does it. I think he does it. For now, his why signature. do you say that? Because he there. just the 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 passion of that moment and what it was and where your head's at. Right. It just feels right. Right. There's moments where I think it feels really, really right. They even he even used it for a quick second. In uh, Inside Man, he does use it in there too. Right. It's his, it's his fucking check mark. His I little, know, but just... there's some places where I feel it really lends itself to the movie, and there's other places where I feel it's his signature. Okay, but my... his signature is already there. He doesn't need right. to do that. Well, his signature is there when you see him in the scene when he when he <laughs> pops up in the scene. Um, and that forty was bigger than him in the in, in yeah <laughs> yeah that's hilarious. Um, am I wrong for not putting Malcolm X in my top five Spike movies? Mm. <sighs> It depends on how you want to look at it, it, it because it's it's that movie's bigger than Spike did a great job with that movie, but it's a bigger movie than Spike right. Lee. It's a it's a you know there, there there's a that's he did that he did a really good job with that yeah. movie yeah and he had to go get financing and funding because he wasn't getting I mean he went through a lot to get to that movie so I'm I'm not I'm not going to shortchange him on 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 X but. You yes, know, yes, and and that's why I'm going. But if there's a six, seven, eight, I'm like Inside Man, Malcolm X, uh, uh, I just said it, Crooklyn. Yeah, I, I, I just you know, it was. It's not in my top gangster movies. There's other right. gangster movies that I. Uh, okay. Yeah. I, I, so no, I, again, it's no disrespect, but I, and I'm just going to throw this out there too. It's not a long movie. No. So my question is, if you have time to develop it like a Scorsese movie where you could be over two uh, well over two hours, right. does it change his movie? So, you know, listen, I'm not trying to give him any benefit of the doubt on this one. I'm just saying I, I think Spike has a different view. And I don't think that this I don't think this really hit Spike's um, aesthetic the way that he normally captures things in a movie. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be honest, man. It's, to me, and I, and I hate to sound like I'm hung up on this, but I think if you take out the the signature Spike Lee standing still moving to camera and you take out the interrogation lighting, this changes. If, I think that might change it for me. But I'm telling you, when I see that, I'm going, this is a Spike Lee movie. And it takes me out of it. Give me some grittier background. And, and, gr and grittier, more gritty from Delroy Lindo. Yeah, give me... I think if you do a little bit of that, it changes the movie. But we don't know whatever hit the cutting room floor. We don't know any of that stuff. But we only can talk about what we've seen. So no, it doesn't. It doesn't rank up there with me. And that movie also in X, the uh, uh, that scene, the, the 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 still shot with the, the pulley, yep. that also works in in, in Malcolm X. In and it X. worked in that moment where just before Denzel as Malcolm X does his last speech at the Audubon Ballroom. Yeah, because. Uh, 
he knows he's going. I don't know that he knows he's going to die, but that adds weight to that the moment. Because you just sit, cause, you know, sometimes you're sitting there and you know either when you have a gut feeling, you're in trouble. I tell you what, let me put it like this. When I was a kid and I know I fucked up and my mother said, boy, go outside, give me a belt or give me a switch to whoop your ass. That's me in the moment. That's you in the moment. I'm yeah. moving slow to 100%. camera. 100%. Because that, mo that movement is me in my head and in my emotions going, she about to tear my ass up. So that felt organic yeah. in that moment. Other times I'm going, this is how you know you're watching the Spike Lee movie. Here we go. And now you're taking me out of what this, is, this should be because I'm looking at you do this shit. So... Well, I'll say this, though, and this ain't a Spike Lee movie, but when I say grit, uh, Brooklyn's Finest. Yeah. Have you seen that? Yeah, I, I don't remember. Talk about Cat, uh, 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 Peter Berg, uh, Delroy Lynn, not Delroy Lynn, though. Uh, um, God, Jer Richard Gere. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Wesley yeah. Snipes. Yeah. Don Cheadle. Uh, who else is in that? Harvey Keitel. That's a solid motherfucker there. And, and, and to me, I'm, I'm like, that should be some Spike Lee shit. Brooklyn's Finest. That movie's gritty. Ellen Barkin, Robert Duvall, stellar cast. It's called Brooklyn. It's in Brooklyn. It's, it's, it's different stories all blending in as one. There's the violence. There's the streets. That's what I'm talking about. That, to me, is a Goodfellas that ain't Goodfellas if a black dude directed it. So you staying with uh, a three? Yes. Okay. I'm, yeah. I'm staying with two on Spike Lee uh, meter. Okay. There it is. Uh, Send it in. Let us know why we're wrong. Because I had too many people hit or me. Or why I'm right. Because I've had too many people hit me up saying that this was a great movie and can't wait. To, and this is the... The, creme de la creme. And I just, I, I didn't get it that way. Yeah. All right. Uh, dates? Oh, yeah, 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 dates. Sorry. Dun, dun, dun. <clears throat> get on that. And I actually do uh, have a musical guess I'm going to announce after you do the dates. All right, you guys. Uh, next week, man, The uh, when you're listening to this, it's, so it's, I, let me rephrase that. This week, while well, you're listening to the 12th to the 15th, we're going to be at Helium Comedy Club in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, we're going to be there, like I said, 12th through the 15th. Please come on out. Uh, January 27th to the 28th, Toledo Funny Bone. I am probably not going to be there, guys. I'm sorry. I can't make it out for that one. Uh, Aries will be there. But then February 4th, one night only, we're going to be at the Regent Theater in Arlington, Maine, which is close to Boston area for all the people out in Boston because we, we're rarely out there. February 4th, we'll be at the Regent Theater. Yeah, make sure you come out and support the comedy department. <laughs> uh, February 10th through 11th, we'll be at the Funny Bone in Virginia Beach. February 14th through the 18th, we'll be at the Funny Bone in Albany. And February 24th to the 25th will be at the Improv in Denver, Colorado. Somebody hit me up on Instagram and told me the final episode of Tulsa King just dropped. So that means I got a bag of chips to eat. I'm on episode eight. Okay. And so, you said there's 10, right? Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's actually, that's what I'll be binging. Uh, for next week? For next week to St. Louis. So maybe we could talk about Tulsa King. Uh, and listen, I'm just going to tell you before it starts. The first few episodes are the setup. Yep. 
just fucking stick it out. Don't don't call me up going, I don't know if I'm going to finish. Just watch it. It starts to, it's picking up. It's It'll pick up. And it's, uh, I think it's something that if they're going to do multiple seasons of, it's going to be good. Um. All right. This is uh, Farley Jackson. Uh, Instagram, I am, I am Farley, F-A-R-L-E-Y Jackson. Uh, at I am speak ease the champ. I am S P E A K E Z D A C H A M P and at Alpha Beats Stew A L P H A B E A T S S T U. Twitter is Speak Easy the Champ. Uh, SoundCloud is Farley J, aka Speak Easy and Easy is E Z. S P E A S P E A K E Z the Champ D A and the word Champ. Uh, enjoy. I think the song's called Wanted Too, but enjoy. Yeah. Allow me to clear my throat. The jig is up, the news is out. The champ is in, the loser's out. No doubt, I came to rock out. Rocks on chains, rings, and everything. I'm a cool cat with the guillotine flow. And cream ain't a thing to a king, though. It's all money in like Kino, Jackpot, Reno. I know my flow go Gonzo. I'ma need that dough like Lonzo. Far from a simp, more of a Mac. These are facts, ease it back, keep it a stack. I'm lit for this, I got a whole list of hits. It's senseless, a whole hit list of vicious executions. This man don't know exclusions. Catch wreck for reckless collusions and deceptions meant to abusers. They harden the women and soften the men, yeah. They after the kids, trapping the men, yeah. What happened to women? What happened to men, yeah. They taking the babies, killing the men, kidnapping the women, breaking up black families, killing the soft and poisonous facts. We gotta put a stop to this How many renegades out there rock with this? Thanks for listening to the Spears and Steinberg podcast. If you'd like to know who's responsible for this shit, well, it was hosted by Aries Spears and Andy Steinberg, produced by Steve Merrick and Anthony Holmes, executive producer, Big Papa, Robert Kelly, and Matt Kleinschmidt for the Laugh Button Podcast. For more information on where to find us on the internet, visit www.spearsbergpod.com. You don't like to do a face-to-face? No, I don't, I don't like that way. I don't like to see the face. <laughs> you mean it? Nope. <laughs> That's crazy. Look! You can get a doggy style, you can get Ling on your side. Those are your only choices. This is my house and I get the say. Got it?